Previously on the Jay and Dan podcast. Mm -hmm. Our major announcement is our Saskatoon date, November 1st, is sold out. Going to be a great time at the Broadway Theater. That's our sellout siren. Mm -hmm. Winnipeg on... Okay, yeah, we're good. I think we're good there. Thanks. Mm -hmm. I walk around the building and everyone's probably like, oh my God, that guy just hit the bomb. Mm-hmm. I said to Stoff, I'm like, I love doing this. I love listening to clips that don't appear very often on the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that. Mm-hmm. Anything else? This is not this is not going as quick as I really go. All right. You're listening to the Jay and Dan podcast. It is the last Jandan podcast without Jay Onright as his vacation is coming to an end. I feel bad because, hey, we want him back, but uh, hey, you, you got to come back to work at some point. We each had uh, five weeks off. We had to, to split up our vacation this year. So um, that last week, hmm, it always flies by. So Watch it! <laughs> So he'll be back for for Labor Day. Um, we have a great podcast plan. We have um, the Montreal Canadiens Max Domi appearing on the podcast today. And my favorite Twitter follow on earth, Daniel Dale, used to work at the Toronto Star covering Donald Trump. Now he works for CNN. We haven't talked to him since he went to CNN. So we're going to talk to both those guys. Uh, big weekend had by uh, everyone. Hope um, your summer is going well. We had Orno Fest in my hometown. Bought some soap. Uh, coffee. And uh, walked around. So that was good. You never have too much soap. Have you used the soap yet? I did. Smells great. That's awesome. So that's a locally based product out of Orono, Ontario? Sure. Oh, and I got some honey, some local honey. Oh, the guy, beautiful. great sales tactic. He's like, you live around here? I'm like, yeah, right over there. He's like, my kids are there. He's like, some of this honey, probably from your flowers. I'm like, okay, you got us. You got us. You should have built them. <laughs> your flowers, your honey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a terrible sales tactic. <laughs> hey, so I get 50% off this? Pretty much. You pretty much should be making your own honey at this point, turns out. And then on Sunday, it was the Truck Series race at the Canadian Tire Motorsports Park. Um, I had the honor, for the first time in my life, being the Grand Marshal. So that means I had to give the driver's command. And here's the thing. No one goes over your script with you. They just figure, you know what to say, so... I kept saying jokingly to someone, I'm like, <laughs> I just say, drivers, start your engines, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay, ask someone else. And they're like, I think so. I'm like, okay, does anyone know what I'm supposed to say? Finally, I figured it out. And here's how it went. Snarf, snarf, drivers, start your engines! 
So I was at a house party in my hometown of Peterborough, Ontario on the Saturday night, and I was asking people, I'm like, I can't just say drivers start your engines. I need to have something unique in which people will talk about. So I stumbled upon Snarf Snarf, who's from the <laughs> He's from the Thundercats. He was uh, Lion O's nursemaid or friend or helper. He's like a was little, he like a cat or something? Yeah, he's a little furball, but he helped him out. He but reminded he, me of the cat from Inspector Gadget. Yeah. So like a spin-off. And his catchphrase was snarf snarf, and he was a snarf. You're like, Lionel, what are you doing? Snarf, snarf. And hey, look, people remembered it. And Stoff, you had a big night last night. You went to the TFC game. Or was it last night? The, no, Saturday, Saturday night. Saturday, Saturday night, night with the, uh, I don't know, some other podcast you work on. I, the we, Rubber Boots oh, podcast. okay, right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So you went with Duffy? Duffy, Puffy, and Lester. How was that? Uh, it was quite a good time. We had some awesome seats, courtesy of our sponsor, idrinkcoffee.com. I'll plug them there. And, okay. uh, yeah, Are we getting payment for that? Just like the bees with the honey, the payment's <laughs> on the way, Dan. Okay. But yeah, nice. great time, field side seats. Uh, awesome. And so, they won 2-1. So James Duffy treats you much better than we treat you. Oh, I wouldn't say that. Okay, good. Is James Duffy taking you to tour the country as part of the Jay and Dan podcast? Not as part of the Jay and Dan podcast, no. <laughs> Definitely not. You know what I mean. Uh, why don't we give our first guest a call? Because uh, Max was actually in the news. We taped this on a Monday. But it's, it's not news. It's just Canada, and it's weird. He was talking about um, what it's like playing hockey in Montreal. We'll, we'll dive into that with him. He is an... Amazing Instagram follow just for his Instagram stories alone because 90% of his Instagram stories are him bugging his dad, Ty. Ty Domi, the NHL great. So uh, the latest story I saw was Ty stealing shoes from Max's house. And actually, almost the exact same Air Jordans that I bought in Windsor on the way back from Detroit once that I thought I was too old for, but... Hey, if Ty Domi's wearing Air Jordans, I can wear Air Jordans. Let's crack a beverage. (sighs) Stop, I was out in the sun today. Plus, thirsty. You sound perched. I'm just trying to get Max on the line here. Okay. One of those, eh? One of those no no answers. Okay. Uh, Stoff now in post. He's going to insert music here. Our on-hold music. Waiting for the Montreal Canadiens. Max Dolby. Good music selection, Stoff. Really like this one. Have Max on the phone? Yeah. What's up, boys? Hey, what's up, buddy? How are you, man? I'm great. I was just talking about how you are an 
stellar Instagram follow just because of the way you pick on your dad. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that before. As Sorry. At some point, do you not think that he's just going to lose it? Um, I think I've been doing it for long enough, and he he does... Uh, he does kind of the same thing for me. He just doesn't. Uh, he doesn't broadcast it as much. But uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm a little quicker to the punch than than he is. I guess. Dinner's out. Who's grabbing the the bill? Usually him. Oh. Usually him. Yeah. Okay. He, you know what though? He's weird though. Like he he loves paying for like everyone, no matter like what's going on or who he's at dinner with. But then, if I'm there, like he'll pay obviously because he's my dad. And like if I try to pay, he'll make like make me feel weird about it. But then if I don't, then I'll be like, oh, don't worry, I got it, I got it. He's like one of those guys, you know. Okay, that's a that's a good dad. Yeah. So, how's your summer been? You you had your first full season in Montreal. Um, yep. Do, do you escape the chaos? Do do you go on vacation? Do you get out of Montreal? Do you stay in Montreal? What has it been like? It's been awesome, man. I mean, my first year in Montreal. Uh, I mean, it was unbelievable. Uh, only thing that uh, obviously we can't blow it short can make the playoffs, which is the main uh, reason I was there and the main goal for all of us. So uh, that was disappointing, but took a lot of steps in the right direction, and uh, I think uh, we got a lot to build on. Uh, we all had a pretty good summer, as far as I know, and coming into training camp, uh, some new faces, and it should be fun. But uh, no, summer's been good, man. Just just training a lot, trying to get ready to go. Um, didn't take too much time off. Went down to California a little bit to start of the summer, but. Other than that, just uh, home base is Toronto. Uh, all my friends and family here, obviously, I grew up in this city. I um, love coming back for a few months. Um, but then usually around the end of July, you get the itch to get back and start playing some hockey. So um, definitely really eager and can't wait to get back to Montreal. Now, Max, I follow a lot of NHLers on Instagram. And um, if you aren't uh, Instagramming your workouts, that means you aren't working out, right? So I don't think Apparently. you've worked out. You haven't worked out yet. I haven't seen a no, single. No, I one. haven't. I haven't. <laughs> I haven't worked out at all this summer. <laughs> no, you know what? I mean, guys can do whatever they want, right? I think we've we've talked about this before, and you have a platform nowadays, and social media is such a a crazy thing. I mean, you can use it however you want. Um, I choose to keep my workouts to myself, but uh, I think it's great. I love watching some of the guys work out and see what they're doing. It's uh, it's pretty cool to see. Yeah, Boys I don't like it. Her, I don't like it at all. Giving her pretty hard, you know, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll keep my workouts to myself, you know? Okay, so I mentioned how you made news today. I'm scrolling through Instagram today, and, and I see your face. I'm like, oh my God, Max is coming on the podcast. I'll read the quote that they have here on the TSN official Instagram. <laughs> Montreal's a whole other level. I get it. Toronto's got their fans, and the Leaf Nation's pretty big, but there's nothing close to Montreal and their fans. Okay, so expand upon that. <laughs> well, they cut it off. I mean, I was first talking about my dad. because You know what? I do have a lot of respect for the Toronto Leaf Leafs and their organization, but at the end of the day, I don't play for the Leafs. I play for Montreal. I love Montreal, and um, I, I mean... <laughs> What else do you really expect from some of the place of the team? I mean, I love Montreal. Everything there's the love about it. Um, but um, th- there's nothing quite like it. There really isn't. I mean, I think it's, uh, it's pretty easy to compare it to the, to the New York Yankees of, of hockey. Um, the, the players that have come through there, the amount of success they've had. Um, I mean, there's, there's no organization like it. And, and I can attest to that now that I've played there. And it's, it's funny how it comes full circle. It really is. Because back when I was a kid, obviously, I was, I was all in on Toronto and used to joke around with my one of my best friends with Anthony Duclair who's from Montreal and I didn't really have any experience in Montreal and I would always say I like Toronto as a city and he would always say Montreal and it was just all innocent right just going back and forth and then um, obviously I played there for a year and now I've, now that I've been there now that I've experienced it um, which is a huge privilege 
I, there's just nothing. There's nothing like it. Um, and, and plus, it must have been shocking too. From. It must have been shocking too because you played in the desert and then you go to a hockey hotbed. It must have <laughs> been from zero to three hundred in two seconds. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, that being said, I mean, I, I did grow up around it with my dad. Obviously, playing in Toronto, um, he got uh, recognized everywhere he went. Played at the Air Canada Centre, Maple Leaf Gardens, so uh, that's a pretty big deal for him. And I was there all the time, so that was kind of the norm for me. And then I got drafted uh, in the OHL, played for the London Knights, and played four years there. And the hockey, the hockey, the junior hockey mecca, I guess you could call it. Um, so that was a huge stage, Vegas in, in junior hockey. And then after that, went to the the World Juniors, and more or less the same thing. That was actually in Toronto and Montreal, so um, kind of got uh, got both sides of it. And then I uh, went to Arizona, and the first year in Arizona, I was like, oh, it's the NHL. Like, so you still get that feel. Um, and trust me, there's absolutely nothing wrong with Arizona. I think it's a great place to play. It's a great place to live. People are awesome. Organization is great. Great fan base there. But uh, when it comes to hockey, I just, I just don't think there's a better place to play than Montreal. And I've been open about it. Uh, it's who I play for. So, um, and I believe that. I'm not just, uh, I'm just making it up. It's, it's from experience. And I've only got one year on my belt, so hopefully we can get many more. But uh- it must be completely different, though. So say you had to go do errands when you're playing for the Coyotes. Like, you don't have yep. to plan your... If you're doing errands in Montreal, you've got to say, like, he's okay, so if I run into... Like, you must have to plan your day differently. Uh, the only really difference is just got to wear snow boots and a really warm coat and a hat, <laughs> um, to be honest. I mean, and again, everyone's different. Some guys don't like uh, having to talk to people in public and stuff, and I get it. Some guys have families and kids and all that. Um, all that stuff, but I'm just a 24 year 24 year old dude that's uh, just lucky enough to play in the NHL and, and play for the Montreal Canadiens. So obviously, getting recognized and having to talk to fans comes with the territory, and it's pretty cool. I love meeting new people, I love talking to people, and um, so I, I love it. I think it's great, but uh, it's, it works both ways too, right? When you go to the grocery store in Arizona and everyone has absolutely zero clue uh, who you are, that's cool too. I mean, uh, there's pros and cons to everything, but like I said, um, <laughs> the only real con about playing Montreal. It's a little bit chilly compared to Arizona, but <laughs> yeah. uh, other than that, I really can't complain. Um, players have always said, players that have played for a Canadian team and played for an American team, they've most of them, to a man, have said, you have to experience at least one season in a Canadian city. I, I think you can probably agree with that by now? 1,000%. Um, I just think it's it's so... It's, it's Canada's game, right? It's just the hockey name Canada, all the stuff that if you're from Canada and you grow up watching the NHL, um, I think it's just it's it's a bucket list item to play for a Canadian NHL team. Um, I mean, whether it's in the West Coast, over here, wherever it might be, I mean, you're just the fan base, the feel about it is is, is really just a very, I mean, one in a million feeling, right? And you just can't beat it. It's uh, the atmosphere at the rink, the the fan base, the support you get on the road, all that cool stuff. It's just uh, it's awesome. It really is. The on-ice display before a Habs game is like unlike yeah. any other in the NHL. Being there for it, do you get chills? Because every time I'm there and I see it, I start crying because I'm just like, this is amazing. Oh, my God, what's happening? <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you. It's, uh, it, it really is unbelievable, and it, gets, it gives me goosebumps every time. And sometimes when, uh, I mean, you'll laugh at me, but, if in the middle of summer when, I mean, hockey's not really on the radar, um, and, yeah, I don't know, you're a little tired to get ready for a workout, and I'm a little sluggish, I'll just pull up uh, a video of, of a goal in the playoffs. There's one video that I watch in particular, and it's just the entire Bell Center 
ripping around the towels and uh, everyone's standing up and they're singing the song. It's it's just electric in there. Um, and, and just knowing that's what it's like and, and that's what we're kind of working towards getting to the playoffs. Obviously, we didn't get to experience that last year, but it just it gives you the chills, the goosebumps, and you're like, okay, like, let's go. Like You're all in. And it just consumes your life with wanting to – you're craving that feeling and getting there. And, um, and we all want to win a Stanley Cup, and to win a Stanley Cup in Montreal would be would – be, uh, just it would be unbelievable. I don't even think you put in the words. So, no, not a chance. Uh, that's, what, that's what we're trying to work towards, right? So like you said, I mean, Bell Center is – you ask anyone to run the league. That's the best place to play. Um, it's just the loudest. The fans are all so locked in. They're passionate, and they love their hockey, and they know exactly what's going on. So it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty amazing. You know what one you should YouTube is the Rocket Richard standing ovation that goes on for about 25 minutes. It is insanity. It's on YouTube, yeah. and he's like, okay, guys, okay, okay, that's enough. And then they won't stop, and the announcer does not come in, and he yeah. just lets the people go, and then Richard starts crying, and it's, oh, I watch that one about twice a year. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It really is. Just the, even the names of guys that have worn that jersey it just gives me goosebumps even thinking about it. It's, it's uh, it, it really is amazing. How about the food in Montreal? Uh, are you a Joe? Great, are you at Joe Beef every night? Not every night. No, I actually. Uh, That'd be a bit too chef. heavy. You can't really eat yeah. Joe Beef before a game. Yeah, you got to stay light, but you can't beat that place, man. Oh my God, um, the the food there is. Uh, unreal. So if you haven't been to, to Montreal or you haven't been to Joe Beef in Montreal, definitely go check it out. Uh, it's 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 amazing. But I, like that being said, every restaurant down there is so good. They got uh, they got a little taste of everything. So uh, the all the foodies out there, Montreal is a good spot to be for that. Poutine is poutine part of the pregame diet? Uh, poutine is not part of the uh, pregame <laughs> diet, but uh, again, Montreal or Quebec staple, I guess. So uh, again, if you're down there, check it out. What's your go-to before game meal? Do you have a tradition? Uh, are you like yeah. uh, Ray Ferrari, chicken parm? Man, I'm so basic. I hate to say it, but just a hockey player, a pre-game meal. Uh, the only difference is that I eat gluten-free. I'm a celiac, so I get uh, gluten-free rice pasta with uh, tomato or meat sauce. Kind of depends on how, how we're doing as a team. Um, <laughs> some chicken on there and then uh, just a salad and, and some gluten-free bread. But, uh, I mean... Standard. Most hockey players eat pretty similar things, but yeah, that's that's my go-to. My uh, daughters had a question for you. Uh, they were Facetiming yeah. before we came on here. They wanted to know: uh, Do your feet hurt when you're skating? Because uh, they have. Pro- I don't know if I bought them the wrong skates, but you know what it's like. Is sometimes you get the right ill-fitting yeah. skates, and the best feeling in the world is taking those freaking skates off. Oh yeah. What kind of skates do they have? I don't know. Bowers. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, Who are you sponsored by? Yeah, keep them in Bauer. Okay. <laughs> um, so, no, I mean, and Bauer actually has this new thing, and I was in the wrong skate. I used to use a Vapor, and they got they got three lines. They got Nexus, Supreme, and Vapor, and I was a Vapor for the last, I mean, I don't know. Five, whatever, the cheapest, years, whatever the cheapest ones are. But look at this. So I switched <laughs> last year from Vapor to Supreme, and I used to get surf feet all the time, but I was like, I'm, not, I'm definitely not switching my skates. Switched to a Supreme last year, and like it was like walking on a cloud. So... I guess every foot's different, all the insteps and all that uh, nonsense. But at the end of the day, I mean, you're right. Cheaper the better, but uh, comfort's number one. And, and Bauer, for me, I wear Bauer Supreme, and I do not get sore feet. Okay, Bauer, they're welcome to come on board as a skate sponsor of the Jay and Dan podcast. Um, cool. <laughs> Max, we play a game with every athlete that comes on here. We uh, we bring up nice. former teammates of yours, and you can, you can give a story. You can uh, say whatever <laughs> you want. Uh, okay, okay, so you ready for this? We're going to start your London night days. Bo okay. Horvat. 
Oh, boy. Well, I was just at his wedding. I was in his wedding party. Uh, we're, he's one of my best buddies. Um, stories that I can actually share on here. Or what he's like, not, anything you want. There's not many, but uh, no, he, he is a very awesome guy. He's super humble. He, I would, he's, I don't really know Jonathan Taves that well, but from what I've read about him and, and heard from, from other, other players in the league, uh, Bo kind of has that sort of um, presence about him. He's, he's very serious. He's very dialed in. He's extremely mature. Um, and he's just a great teammate. Works very hard. And, uh, awesome hockey player, as you know, obviously. But, uh, I mean, I, I'm not uh, trying to boost him too much here, but <laughs> I can see him being like a future captain of, 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 of the Vancouver Canucks. He's a huge part of that franchise. And, and I'm really rooting for him all the time, except for when we play against him. But, uh, no, he, he, he is one of the best guys I think I know. And, uh, I mean, a lot of people would attest to that as well. Another London Knight, Mitch Marner. <laughs> um, well, he's about to be a very wealthy man. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm excited for him. It's, uh, when you played I, in I, junior with him, he must have looked like he was seven. You know what? Honestly, he looks very similar now to when he did back then. So, yeah, he definitely looked like he was seven. But uh, he's extremely frail, small little guy, and he's just so happy and just a normal, like, kid. But... He is just, you put him on skates and you give him a hockey puck and it's just absolutely ridiculous what he can do. And he came into the league in the OHL and he was, he was so little and we're like, how is this guy going to survive? And he absolutely dominated out of the gates. He, uh, he, he's a special, special talent. Uh, come from an awesome family. I got to spend lots of time with, uh, with him when he was younger and kind of see him go through the roots and, and see him light, him light it up. And obviously he won the Mem Cup, which I was not able to do, so... Uh, he did that for London, which is awesome. Um, played World Juniors. He was playing for the Leafs. So, I mean, you know what? He, he's, he's awesome. He's going to have a hell of a career in the NHL, and I'm really excited for him. Moving on to the Phoenix Coyotes, Shane Doan. Uh, Doaner is uh, he's one of the best human beings I think I've ever crossed paths with, just from top to bottom, how he treats, I mean, his teammates, the training staff, fans, the, the parking guy the elevator guy, like, you name it. Whatever it is, like, he treats everyone with the same amount of respect, which is how it should be, but, I mean, nowadays you don't see that too often, and, and to see that was, was, was pretty amazing, and, and he makes everyone feel comfortable and uh, supported and, 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 and part of it. So he uh, he's a special dude. Uh, again, comes from uh, he has a great family. His kids are awesome. Uh, his son, Josh, is going to be a hell of a player. Um, his daughters are very cool. Um, more on the, like, artistic side, which is awesome. Uh, and his wife's awesome too. So um, he uh, he's been the biggest reason why. I mean, Arizona is is what it is now in terms of the hockey side of things, and uh, he gives so much back to that community. So he's I feel very very lucky and uh, to be able to play with him and, and to learn from him for so many uh, so many years. How about one of my favorites? I always uh, like the goalies, and he's almost a throwback uh, style goalie, Mike Smith. Oh, he's a freak. Man, he's unbelievable. You get put that guy in any sport, and he would he would do well. Um, he's he's a guy, super um, great pull. But I'll tell you a quick story about him. So me, him, um, game again, and uh, I forget who else was doing it. There was three, there was four of us, I think, that decided to grow our beards out. And uh, Smitty's obviously super competitive guy, a little older, but I mean, still a kid at heart. And I'm obviously very competitive too. And we were going head to head with who can grow their beard longer and without touching it, without, I mean, manscaping it at all. You just had to let her buck. And, uh, we, we went for a while. And I had to feel like I would let this thing go down to my, my feet. But, uh, my dad's wedding was that, 
that summer, um, and he, I was the best man, and he's like, hey, like you got to shave the beard, or else you can't be my best man. I'm like, are you really seriously going to do that? I was like, I'm not paying Smitty. Like, I'm sorry. You can pay him um, for the bet if you want me to shave my beard, and he agreed to it. I don't even think he's paid Smitty yet, so maybe I'll take that up with old man. Um, but, yeah, no, so I uh, – it was fun, and Smitty's a great guy. I mean, he uh, he's a hell of a goalie and an unbelievable career. His kids are the funniest kids I think I've ever met. Uh, his wife, Brigitte's awesome as well. So, um, again, I've played with lots of cool dudes along the way, but uh, I definitely feel very, very lucky to, to share some time with some, some guys my age, some guys a lot older, younger, whatever. It's, uh, it's the best part about hockey, right? Well, here's a young guy from the Coyotes, Clayton Keller. Okay, cool. Um, Kells is he's like my little brother, him and Jacob Trickin. Two, uh, they're like two peas in a pod, but at the same time, they're like opposite. Kells looks like he's 12, and Chick looks like he's uh, like an Abercrombie model going on 45 years old. So, um, <laughs> both of them are, I love them both to death, and they're both so, so talented and such great kids to work hard. But uh, Kells is like a, almost a scratch golf. He's a hell of a golfer, and Chick's not far off, but um, they go at it who's better. I think, I think Kells. Like, like if you look at them and pull up a picture, um, and pull up a picture of Ricky Fowler, they're like legit twins. Um, so I give the edge to to Kells on the golf, but Chicken had an absolute bomb. <laughs> but both of those kids are are awesome. They're they're gonna have long careers as well. Okay, let's end it uh, with a goalie and uh, a future Hall of Famer, Carey Price. Um, I, mean, I think you said it right there. A future Hall of Famer, without a doubt. Um, one of the best ever, if not the best ever. I mean, Has, I have really... you ever seen his heart beat faster than uh, <laughs> than uh, a walking pace? Oh, uh, dude, he, he he's such a cool guy, man. He's just uh, he's so humble, so hardworking, just quiet. But he's also like talks to anyone. Like he's not like a weird goalie, you know. He's just a normal dude. Um, but when he gets on that ice, you're not scoring on him at all, and um, kills your confidence in practice. But when you shoot on other goalies, it makes it feel a little bit easier, I guess. So I guess that's a positive. Um, but, uh, no, he, he he's unreal, man. Like, I, I am always in awe of how good he is and, and the way that he handles himself. I mean, if he has an off night, which literally never happens, but uh, rarely happens, but when it does, I mean, that next practice, he is so locked in, and you, you literally can't score on him. It's, it's, it's unreal to see. Yeah, that guy's amazing. Hopefully he can leave his house. I remember reading an interview with him, like, uh, a few years ago where – he says it was so crazy in Montreal. He's like, I, I can't go anywhere. Because he, when you're the goalie for the Montreal Canadiens, that's what it's like. Well, I mean, you're Carey Price, too. That's, uh, you're not just a goalie. You're, you're Carey Price. Everyone in that city knows everything about him. And kind of, he, he's God in that city. So um, it's, it's very cool to be able to play with him. And, I mean, anytime you get to play with a legend like that, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. And, I mean, Webby's like that, too, right? So those two guys are the, the pillars of our team. And, I think they're, uh, they're they're two pretty awesome pillars to have to look up to and to learn from on a daily basis. Max, this has been awesome. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, we wish you the best of luck this season. You had a stellar first year in Montreal. Uh, hope you uh, do even better this season. And you're welcome on the podcast and the, the TV show whenever you're in town, bud. Thank you so much. They have the kids for me. Okay, I will. That's uh, Montreal Canadiens' Max Domi. What a guy. Uh, taking time out of his uh, training schedule. Um, yeah, Carey Price being the goalie in Montreal. And like Max said, you're not just the goalie, you're freaking Carey Price. It's like if you were Patrick Waugh and being the goalie in, in Montreal during those days. Uh, 
Don't forget, uh, before we call up our uh, next guest here, uh, which is uh, happening right now, um, don't forget our Jay and Dan podcast tour. We have one sellout so far. That is in Saskatoon. You heard it off the top of the show. We are getting close to three others are nearing full capacity. That would be the Bella Concert Hall in Calgary. That's for October 4th. Uh, Edmonton. October 5th at the Meyer Horowitz Theater. That's also getting close to being sold out. Winnipeg, Manitoba. November 2nd at the Garrick. It's getting close to being sold out. Um, Regina just went on sale recently. We'll be there November 15th at the Convention Hall. Uh, tickets just went on sale a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if our next guest will be uh, in attendance at the Jan Dan podcast tour. Hey, maybe we'll get him via satellite, but I don't know. He's a busy guy now. We mentioned he used to work for the Toronto Star. Uh, now he works for CNN. Daniel Dale, you're our first ever person that works at CNN on the Jan Dan podcast. This is a big day. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so how's the transition been? It's been good. Yeah, everyone's been nice. You know, you heard about TV people. I don't know if you've heard anything about TV people. <laughs> yeah. you, hear, you know, it's a different uh, culture than, than newspapers. But yeah, everyone's been awesome. And uh, it's cool being able to do what I do, which is mostly fact check the president for a bigger uh, American audience. And I was getting at the star. So where are you living? Are you living in Washington? Yeah, I'm in D.C. Okay. And how is it? I heard traffic is a nightmare. It's bad, but I'm from Toronto, right? So I'm used to it being terrible. Uh, I miss I miss home. Actually, one of the editors at CNN is, is also from Toronto and brought me uh, this giant thing of Coffee Crisp, Arrow, and Smarties today. So I was uh, I was very grateful. I miss, but seriously, like I'm, I miss Toronto a lot, uh, and you know, miss going to games and miss the restaurants. But DC is a cool place with a lot of a lot of history and culture. So yeah, it's fun being here. Did you have to explain Coffee Crisp to any of your American co-workers? Because it's yeah, kind of weird I, to explain. I actually, I actually did, and I was, I was handing it out, uh, re-gifting and making myself seem generous. And I was also sending people YouTube clips from the commercials from like the early 90s where they were like, how do you like your coffee? Crisp. Anyway, that was fun. <laughs> I love it. So you are still covering Trump. You've had a busy day because, uh, again, we taped this on a Monday, and Trump had his closing remarks at the G7. Um, are you slowly going insane? We ask you this every time. Are you going insane? <laughs> yeah, like a, a once annual check-in. No, I, I honestly, I'm not going insane. Although I guess that's what uh, you would say if you were you were going insane. But no, people. <laughs> I get a lot of emails of people very genuinely asking about my mental health, and I feel I feel fine. I think um, in a way it's kind of therapeutic um, being able to sort of do something about this level of dishonesty. Not that I'm, I'm solving it or making it go away, but I think a lot of people just kind of watch the president and he'll say 25 untrue things in a rally and they'll just be like screaming at their TV or slamming down their remote. But I, you know, I get to bring facts to people. So I think it, it helps me. So do you have a log? Because you will, you will say, okay, he says this, and then you'll say this is the, the 782nd time he said that. So do you have it all inputted in a computer so you can just look it right up? 
Yeah, yeah. So there, there's a spreadsheet, and it it allows me to count how many yeah, how many times he said any particular false claim or sometimes out and out lie. And so, for example, he'll, he he's claimed like 85 plus times that he is the one who got the Veterans Choice Health Program passed. It was actually signed into law by Obama in 2014. So when he says it, you know, the 86 or 87 time, I just go to that spreadsheet and say, okay, he this is the 87 time. At any point, do you show your uh, your coworkers at CNN uh, news from Canada, like the SNC Lavalin uh, scandal, and point it to them and say, "This is the big news in Canada," because that would no. be, that would not even register in in the United I, States, would it? Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, it's hard it's hard to say, but I think there are a lot of uh, stories that I think would be like huge uh, ongoing news in Canada that are like one day stories, if that. In the U.S., and I, I have thought about how the SNC uh, I- issue or scandal, or whatever you would call it, would play here. I, I suspect that it would be buried by other news quite quickly, as, as you said, just because that's what happens to everything. I mean, even the biggest stories here, Trump just does something else, or a newspaper reports something else, and the big story from Monday is gone by by Tuesday or Wednesday. Because right now, it's at the stage where if a sewer line breaks. You're like, oh, how? there's too much, we can't clean it up. But if there was like a little on the sidewalk, you're like, okay, <laughs> we can clean this up. But it's at the stage where you're like, ah, it's too much. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an avalanche. And like with the dishonesty as well, not just the news, but, but with a number of lies, it's like, okay, like if a politician make, tells one or two lies in a week, you can do, you know, detailed, long TV segments, detailed, long fact checks, and everyone would probably remember those. But when, when you have someone making 80 false claims in a week, as, as Trump did last week, you know, the likelihood of remembering any one of those is, is much lower. One of my favorite things to do is after a Donald Trump tweet is to go into the responses to it, because it is just a treasure trove of goodies. And you fact check the tweets and you, you fact check his speeches and you'll s- send out something like, again, you'll point out, OK, he, he, this is the 80th time that he said this false thing. And then someone will respond with greatest president ever. So they're just trolling everyone. Right. Like it's just like you can't respond to uh, incorrect information that the president put out by saying greatest president ever. Right. So, yeah, he has he's a lot of hardcore supporters, some of whom make actual arguments in his favor and, and some of whom just want to bother people like me. Um, and I found <laughs> that especially especially since I've gone to CNN, um, I, I had a fair number of trolls when I was just at the start. But there's something, you know, that goes along with being at CNN and uh, being in a place the president in, insults directly. So, yeah, I have a, I have a ton of trolls, um, people just insulting me or calling me Danny boy or, or much worse than that. Uh, and you just kind of have to tune it out. You know, there, there's no point in responding. If people ask me a good faith question or have good faith criticism, they make an argument, I might engage with them. But, you know, when they're just trolling, it's like, it, it's just pointless to engage. How many people have you blocked then? I, I looked recently, I think I've blocked like 500 people and oh. I've muted, <laughs> I, I've, I've muted, I think 2,000 people, which is a, a lot of people. But I just found like, at, at first my attitude was, you know what, I'm a journalist, like I should be able to take it, I have thick skin. But I think I just came to a realization after a while that if people are just being jerks, 
like just being terrible on purpose just to bother me. I have no obligation to to listen to people like that. So yeah, I, I block pretty liberally. Uh, you sent, and I responded to this, uh, this was sent out um, August 13th, and uh, Trump was at one of his rallies, and you sent this tweet, said, Trump says, looking back at the media in the room, that's a lot of people back there for like an 11 o'clock speech, uh, end quote, and then you put, it is 2.40 p.m. <laughs> it's just like you don't even have to add anything you're just pointing out what time it is yeah it's it's so ridiculous and the thing with trump is that so many of his false claims are so obvious that like there's no research that goes into fact checking uh you just like no like and anyone who's paid any attention or, or even very little attention you know knows what what the time of day is and so i think that that's part of what distinguishes trump from other politicians. We know that pretty much every politician lies or at least is dishonest some of the time. But Trump is is wrong or inaccurate intentionally or unintentionally about such weird little things all the time. So it's not just like he's lying to try to get him out get himself, you know, uh out of a scandal or when he's on the up the defensive. It's just like he's just like talking and just says wildly inaccurate things about <laughs> you know, everything from policy issues to, to literally the time of day. Um do you know of the show uh, Our Cartoon President on HBO? No, I actually don't. Okay, well, you should watch it. It is unreal. Um, and I always watch these things. So it's it's a, the executive producer is Stephen Colbert, and they just uh, have Donald Trump in cartoon form with his sons and his wife, and Wolf Blitzer is even on there. And I, I wonder, like... Is that on, would anyone ever put that on Donald Trump's radar, or is that just, they make sure he never sees something like that because he might explode? I, I think people, some people around him like to put stuff on their radar, on his radar for their own strategic purposes. So if they want him to be mad at a particular person, they'd be like, hey, like, did you see what, you know, HBO said about you or uh, what Stephen Colbert said about you? Um, it's kind of, kind of like middle school or, or elementary school, you know, with like people scheming against other people in the playground. Um, I don't know if he's aware of the show, but, but it seems like something he could potentially become aware of for sure. Um, Wolf Blitzer, have you had dinner with him yet? No, but uh, but I met him. But this was hilarious. The, the first time I met him, he started talking about his friendship with Masai Ujiri of the Raptors. What? Apparently, <laughs> apparently Wolf, he just it, Wolf is a, a huge basketball fan. He has Wizards season tickets, and he he was talking about how. He goes to All Star Weekend because it's put on by Turner, which also uh, is part of the you know the corporate entity that uh, that CNN's part of. And he was at All Star Weekend, and he met Masai, and they hit it off. Um, so it was like one of my most surreal things at CNN so far, just talking about the Raptors and Masai with with Wolf Blitzer. I love this, a- Anderson yeah. Cooper. Have you been to dinner with him? No, I have not. I have not. I have not met Anderson. Okay, yes. Daniel really let me down there. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, looking ahead to um, this next election in the United States, whoever the Democrats select, those debates, they're going to be beyond insane. Am yeah. I incorrect here, those debates against Donald Trump? No, it's going to be wild. I mean, the the 2016 debates were wild, and I think Trump has gotten looser. His, <laughs> How's that possible? Manner. You remember <laughs> against Hillary that at one point he was just wandering around behind her? <laughs> he, he was. He was. And, and I think um, 
yeah, he's more comfortable just being how he is naturally, you know, without filters. So, yeah, I think I think that any debates in 2016, no matter who the Democrat is, they're going to be pretty wild. Are you going to um, throw anything up in the air? Who's going to come out uh, on the Democratic side as their nominee? No, I shouldn't predict. I, I know. Well, there's like 50 of them right now. There's a lot of them, yeah, slowly, slowly dwindling. But, uh, yeah, I think there's clearly an upper tier. We had a poll today. It was a, a small sample size poll, but it showed basically a tie at the top. Um, so Biden lost his lead, at least in that poll. It was Biden, Warren, and Sanders. I think those three are clearly in a top tier, maybe with Kamala Harris and then Pete Buttigieg a little bit further down. So those are the five. And okay, think, that's what uh, I figured, yeah. Yeah, and I think any of... Any of the the five could potentially do it. I think that the betting favorites right now are certainly Biden at number one and probably Warren at number two with with Sanders maybe a close close third to Warren. So we'll we'll see. A lot can happen. Maybe you can give me a better insight. So people that are registering that are running for the Democratic nomination and they've got zero, like zero people are yeah. are saying they're going to win. Are they continuing on because they have like, okay, I'm going to do a book deal or I'm going to, why are they continuing just throwing money into the ocean? Yeah, it's a fair question. I think some of it is vanity. Like there's an old saying, it goes something like, you know, every, every member of the house thinks they'd be a good senator and every senator thinks they, they, they should be the president. So, you know, people who make it to that level, they think that they, they can do it. And I think the fact that Donald Trump is the president makes a lot of people say like, well, I'd be better than that. Um, and then when they don't have support, um, I think part of it, yeah, is, is exposure. They're like, okay, you know, even if I can get to 5%, you know, it sets me up to sell more books, to get more MSNBC appearances, or maybe, you know, if I want to run for governor and I'm now just, uh, you know, a, a house member in my state, you know, it'll give me more exposure back home. So there, there are a variety of reasons. You, you put out the sentence, you said Donald Trump is the president. That is the closing theme of our cartoon president. All they say is, Donald Trump is the president. <laughs> Donald Trump. It's amazing. You should uh, check it out. And Daniel Dale, we, uh, we appreciate you. This is your third or fourth time coming on the podcast. And uh, we know you're a busy guy. And uh, you're making everyone back in Canada proud, buddy. And uh, uh, stay sane. And don't let the trolls get to you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Okay, that's Daniel Dale. Uh, my favorite follow on Twitter, it's at ddale8. At D-D-A-L-E-8. He uh, documents every single speech that Donald Trump makes. Um, he covers all his rallies. Uh, he live tweets them all. And um, it, it, it's a joy to just uh, sit back and, and watch, no matter what your your political affiliation is. It's just... Hey, he's documenting what the President of the United States is saying. Um, okay, I think that's uh, good, right? Always good. Okay. But especially this time. <laughs> uh, we cut this one short uh, this week because um, we wanted to. Uh, it's the season finale, so till next season. That's right. New yep. season begins in September. Jay's going to be batteries all charged. Deppy's going to be fired up. Maybe he'll start another media war with someone. Yeah. We never came close. Again, I, I couldn't sleep. If I knew someone was going to attack me after I said something, but I, I'd have to quit my job and go into hiding. So I don't know how Daniel does this because Trump supporters, they're crazy. They're well, I won't say that because I don't want them. <laughs> they're uh, they're passionate. Yes, 
Yes. So, uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye bye. They're going home. This is the Jay and Dan Podcast.